Welcome to another episode of Fairy Faithful Podcast. I'm Brandon Fernio. Joined by me is Chris Dyer, my co-host. And we got some special guests in the building. We got Bashar, Fortnite Reminded himself. We got what our up? boy Perry from our own hive. And we got the one, the only Niner Sickness, Fortnite Beto. How we doing, fellas? Wonderful. Victory Tuesday on Taco Tuesday. <laughs> Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Dion will be joining us shortly. So um, let's just jump right into it. Last night, Niners came out with a dub, 24-9. Defense played phenomenal. Offense looked good. Um, let's get your thoughts. Uh, Beto. Um, man, I'm fired up. I mean, it, the way this defense, this defense can be so special if the offense doesn't screw it up if jimmy can just do what he did yesterday uh this uh historically can be the probably the best defense the niners ever had and i've been watching the 49ers since 78 so i've been watching a lot of defenses and i'm fired up uh, one of the areas that we were lacking in was secondary and we kind of fixed that with uh Traverius ward and then the emergence of mr hufanga himself so I'm excited. I, I think uh, this game was a statement. It, it always is. Wasn't our turnaround kind of started last year also with the Rams on a Monday night after getting our ass kicked by oh, the Cardinals doing? with the backup yeah. quarterback? And then we oh, kind of turned it around by beating the, the Rams. Mm-hmm. I kind of feel that this is we're heading in the same direction. So we'll see what happens. Yes, sir. Perry, let's get your thoughts. Yeah, you know, it was just – it was a good solid game from the 49ers. It wasn't anything where I was like, you know, this was like elite. Like Christian, Christian and I talked about it a little bit, I think yesterday or today, was that it was a like good, not great type of game. I think for the Niners historically, they they haven't lost to Sean Mc, or no, they're seven to one. Shanahan is seven to one against the Rams so far. So ownage is ownage, as uh, Giants broadcasters would say, San Francisco Giants. And yeah, it was just a good win through and through. There wasn't anything I was like, at least on the offensive side, I was like, wow, this is amazing. It was the defense by far. But, yeah, uh, Christian and I were talking earlier, and it was just like the Rams was a perfect landing spot for the Niners to get shit right. This was the exact type of game Jimmy Grappola needed to where he can kind of reacclimate week two. Okay, he – I don't want to get into the BS with Grappola, but he got another week of first-team reps, which was needed. He got to learn the playbook more. And the Rams, for him at least, is a very good landing spot. And it was the type of game where we only saw a two to three like Jimmy throws where we're like, holy fuck. But overall, it was a pretty clean game from Jimmy through and through. There were actually a couple of throws that I was very impressed with by Jimmy. The one that really stood out to me was the Kittle no touchdown. That mm-hmm. that was one of the best throws I've ever seen from Garoppolo by, by far. I mean, that was only in the spot that Kittle could catch it. And it's just, I mean, I haven't seen Kittle drop toe drag swag in the end zone, I think, ever. So that was like his first shot to actually do that. But that, that was really impressive. Overall, it was a great game. Garoppolo did just enough to not lose, and that's exactly what matters. But, uh, yeah, Beto said it, man, the defense, holy cow. I mean, at this point, I, I'm watching them just to watch the defense. <laughs> like, they're entertaining through and through. I agree. I agree. I totally agree. Uh, but, Charles, get your thoughts. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm waiting for um, for Dion to be here so we can start bashing Jimmy G. So <laughs> <laughs> for for now, I'll be nice to him. Um, you know, you know, when you said that you saw, did see some nice throws from Jimmy, I did go back and watch your um, – not the replay of the whole game, but you know some replays here and there, highlights as as you say. 
And he did look, I noticed this during the game, actually, and I noticed it a little, a little bit in the highlights, too. There were times where he was looking pretty good, where he um, threw a few t- three nice ones to Jennings, where he stepped in the pocket. And, um, you know, had he did that in the Broncos game, we may have won. So, <laughs> so but, you know, at the end of the day, I give Jimmy G like a C. Um, but, you know, the, you know, once Dion gets here, we'll kind of get elaborate a little bit more on Jimmy, I guess, or at least I will. But, you know, at, at the end of the day, I'll give Jimmy this. He, he, he took care of the football. He took care of the football. So. Mm-hmm. Well, I'll just say that. And Christian, let's get your thoughts. Well, I'm not really um, – I don't feel much that much different than I did after the Denver loss because, mm-hmm. for one, it's the Rams. So, you know, beating the Rams again, what – you know, that's just we just do what we normally do, beat the Rams. So it, it was definitely a Jimmy – winning with Jimmy's style of game. Jimmy did enough for us not to lose. He didn't turn the ball over. Um, but also Debo, you know, took the game over. And apparently he he's the real freaking owner of the Rams. That guy plays his best game every time we play the Rams. And um, then the defense obviously keeps it um, – keeps us in the game the whole time because, you know, they're un- unbelievable this year. Um, and then they get a they they get put some points on the on the board that gets the game out of hand because the whole time I was I, I was nervous because it was a one one score game most of the time when the def- the way the defense is playing it should have been a blowout so that that's why I still have a hard time getting excited it's we're dominating the game and it's still a one score game uh, you can't really get excited about that so mm-hmm. and I'm you know I want to see some consistency first um, before. Um, I get excited, but my, the biggest thing for me on offense is like they need to have more reads to uh, like Jimmy needs to be reading freaking Ayuk more often because the, he's fucking burning, fucking smoking everybody with his route running. Like nobody's even talked to him, talked about how his route running is freaking, you know, Devontae Adams good because he never gets the ball fucking thrown to him. I mean, he fucking cooked Ramsey in the end zone for a touchdown and Jimmy missed it and we didn't score on that drive. Like and you can see it, like I mean, we already know that Ayuk doesn't really like Jimmy, but you can his body language is only getting worse. Like, perfect, like when he freaking cooked Ramsey and he and Jimmy doesn't throw him the ball, he's literally jumping up and down because he's so pissed off and just runs off the field. Like either Jimmy needs to look for him first, or we need to have more plays called to him because he's fucking open all the fucking time. Like, yeah, Jimmy always looks to Debo all the time, and Debo's most of the time double covered, and it's like, dude, Ayuk's wide the fuck open, and you never look for him. If he if he actually starts, if this offense and Jimmy starts actually treating Ayuk like a number one receiver that he is, this offense could probably do a lot even better with the passing game. Like, obviously, I think the running game needs to be better, and I think like I, me and Anthony were talking earlier, Mitchell needs to come back because he makes this offense so much better. Because there there's holes there in the run game, and you just need that acceleration, the quick hit that Mitchell has to get big gains. Uh, so obviously I think the passing game is going to be better if we can start running the ball more, but we really got to like actually throw more targets to IU because this is bullshit. He's the number one receiver and we don't treat him like one. And then like, we literally see how many replays per game of him being wide the fuck open and not get the ball thrown to him. As soon as they start treating him like a number one receiver, this offense is going to be, I think a lot better. 
I don't know if that's going to happen because it's been two straight years we've been saying this and nothing's happened. But that's my biggest takeaway is you want to win win games and have an offense that can match the defense, they need to freaking start treating Ayuk like a number one receiver. Yeah, I agree. Um, I just want to say what's up to Aaron for 49er First Takes. He's in, he's in the chat. Uh, me and Beto and I collect, collaborate with him every Monday. So really, really good dude. Awesome dude. So what's going on, Aaron? Always watch shows too. Um, so my next question is, guys, uh, like Christian said, we did see Ayuk open a couple times. He's He was killing Ramsey all over the field, honestly. I mean, you you watch him. I mean, even that on that Debo drive where he scored that touchdown, they were getting into it a little bit too. That, that was that was great. But my next take is um, somebody brought it up in the chat. Javon Kinlaw. Are we worried about Kinlaw? Or should we move on from him? You think he's a bust? Perry, <laughs> we'll start with you first. Playing that. You know what's funny is that if the defensive line wasn't re- wasn't as good as it was, I'd be like, this is freaking terrible. But honestly, I didn't even think about Kim Law missing that game at all. Because quite frankly, Kevin Gibbons has been outplaying him by a lot. Gibbons was so good. And Christian Brandon, before you guys joined Hive, when Gibbons got brought in, I told the guys, I was like, Gibbons is gonna be really good. And he was he just never got a shot because he's behind DJ Jones. And then Gibbons had that weird offseason stuff that happened when he had got ran in some troubles with someone, but he's getting his shot. And I think he took it away from Kinlaw. Now, the problem with it is that Kinlaw is a first round pick. He he will get his playing time. So unfortunately for Gibbons, when Kinlaw comes back, I'm sure his snaps will go down a bit. But I think Gibbons just proved that he's just a dynamic and very unique player. And he he plays just like DJ Jones. I don't think he's as quick as Jones, but I think at the point of attack, especially at the nose tackle position, uh, Gibbons is very dominant but just back to the point man I think the Kinlaw thing does suck you don't want to see that happen to him I mean look what happens historically when the Niners bring in guys e- even before Lynch came in uh, Beto can, all of you guys can attest to this when they draft guys with underlying issues and conditions and ACLs and knee issues and leg issues and lower body and it's one thing to have a lower body issue but to be that size and that monumental and have leg issues, you're talking about real issues down the road. And it's already seen with durability. It's just very lucky that the Niners have one of the best defensive lines in the NFL at the moment. But it does suck. But I think right now (laughs) the defensive line is the least of the concerns. So I think it's just – it's another one of those first-round picks by Lynch when you're like, what the fuck, you know. Because now it's just Solomon Thomas, Reuben Foster, um, Javon Kinlaw – I'm even going to throw Trey Lance in there, too, just because the front office doesn't know how to handle Lance, apparently. So, overall, it's really frustrating to see first-round pick after first-round pick just go down with some type of thing. But if he needs, like, a month to rest, that's fine because the rotation will step right up. What's up, Dion? What up, Dion? What's good? What's good? We're we're waiting for you so we can trash Jimmy G. Oh, I yeah, man. I actually, I really am not about to trash the guy. Yeah, there you go. That's not what I'm gonna do. Hey, he he didn't screw it up, and that's all we can ask of him. Everybody here on this panel knows and understands. That's just all we can ask. We're not gonna ask for him to be a world beater. We're not gonna ask for him to go out and be Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers in their prime. That's what we're not gonna do. We're just gonna say, hey, thanks for not fucking it up. 
Appreciate it. Continue to do that. Um, I mean, it, it's it's crazy because when you look at it, he just did what he needed to do. Yeah. I mean, yeah, he screwed up because he missed several wide open people, and there's at least probably 21 points left out there on the field, to be flat out honest. There really is. But the defense held up, only gave up three field goals. Got to love that. Um, Talanoa Hufunga is a fucking superstar. Anybody who denies that is just obviously blind, deaf, dumb, and stupid. And uh, honestly, when I came in, I, Perry, I got to agree with your sentiments to an extent, man. I know Ken Law doesn't like people talking about him, and he gets very upset and whatnot. But, bro, we've been dealing with this shit since you've been here, man. Don't act like we we not supposed to talk about it. At the end of the day, bro, you got knee issues. And this is something that will be brought up in many different circles. And <clears throat> it has to be addressed. And you thought you had it addressed. Everything was fine. And it seems like we're back to square one. So it's a little unfortunate. But, yeah, that, that's definitely true right there, throwback. They are the highest graded. And here's the, pro- here's the good problem to have. Jimmy Ward's eligible to come back. Jason Verrett is now eligible to play. So do I really want to just put Mooney out there with, with, with Jason Verrett on the other side and scare the shit out of defenses and slide Mosley into the slot because yep. I feel like it? Ward can play in the slot too. He did in college. Mooney? No. Um, uh, Jimmy? Jimmy, Jimmy, Jimmy Ward. can play oh, in the no, slot. Yeah, but the thing is, you leave Jimmy alone. Let him stay. Let it, don't don't put him in the slot. If I'm anything, because Taj Gibson's playing unbelievably. So right Rich, now. Richard Sherman thinks that if if and when Ward comes back, Ward will play nickel. He'll be either See? the nickel safety or corner. Yeah. So he'll take over for Lenore or Womack, however they decide to play that. So I think there's definitely a reason for there to be all three safeties on the field, hands down. Hey man, and, and the embarrassment of riches that we have, and you know the only difference, the only thing is, is. We can't count on Jimmy Ward to be getting us no damn turnovers. He don't intercept the ball. Like, I think he's had his max in one year is two picks. So That's why we have Hufanga, bro. He's becoming a ball hawk, Hufanga. Talanoa oh, yeah. Hufanga. That, that dude yeah. right there is amazing. Um, Dion, let me get your thoughts on um this play right here. I'm going to share it real quick. Hold on. Mm-hmm. Um. It just seems like Jimmy was only throwing to either Juice, um, Kittle, or Debo. Like a little bit of Ayuk in the beginning, right? But then he kind of started going away from uh, Ayuk. This is the play where he literally breaks Jalen's ankles. Like wide open in the end zone, dude. Easy touch. what do you – and what do you see from Brandon Ayuk on that? He's upset. Yeah, he's frustrated. You can tell he's frustrated. I just broke one of the best defensive backs in the game today. I just broke his damn ankles. But yet and still, you literally, and on that play that you're speaking in reference to, he stared Kittle down. He was not going anywhere but to George. Everyone knows that. Everyone saw that. Now, don't get me wrong. If George gets that that other foot in, that is a damn. That is a great catch, 
and the degree of difficulty, yes, it's it's definitely a lot higher. But when you have a gimme touchdown like that, why pass it up? And I'm sorry if I know Brandon Ayuk is on the goal line. He's going up against Ramsey, and that I know Ramsey's been getting cooked most of the night. Fuck, I'm finna target Ramsey ass all night because yeah. Ramsey is one of those players. He gets frustrated, his game gets thrown off. Mm-hmm. He doesn't but, know how to, to to work through the frustration to get to where he needs to go. But how nine how Niners football is it to have a number one receiver and make him not look like one? Ah, <laughs> I mean, it's Kyle Shanahan. I, I, we're not there in the film rooms, but I'm hoping and praying that Kyle Shanahan, at points in times, is just scolding Jimmy G. Like, don't you see these guys wide open? On, you know, especially like Ayuk and you know, especially when Debo the, the previous week was throwing his arm up. It's like, I, I don't know if his, is his vision that bad where he just doesn't see his peripheral vision. Is that terrible where he doesn't see these people? I mean, I don't get it. I mean, I, I, people threw out the, the, the um, uh, you know, the idea out there that, oh, wow, maybe we lose Brandon Ayuk because of this. You know, it's like it's it, and they said that he was the most dominant player in training camp. And here we are. We're not even he's barely getting the ball. I mean, is he going to wait? And stick around and have hope that Trey Lance finally gets his real opportunity, and then you know everything's fine and dandy from here on out. Who knows, man? Yeah. That's the whole point of it. Trey Lance is the, the reason that Ayuk was getting all of that praise, and he was feeling like this is my breakout year. And the minute Trey Lance goes down, like just as me and and Christian's heart sank into the ground, along with a lot of other 49er fans, mine too. He literally it, it, it happened and. First takes, I, oh, my God, this is perfect. Does Kyle even address Jimmy missing reads, or is it a lost cause and Jimmy doesn't care? Let me tell you this. There's a combination of both. What's going on, Tanya? There's a combination of both. Jimmy misses the read altogether, and he'll swear to God, he'll go up there to that podium and be like, I would have done the same exact play. This is the, I, I would have thrown the same throw. But then Kyle <laughs> goes over there and kisses his ass in the national media. You got <laughs> the perfect, the perfect example of this. Your plays suck. Everybody remember that? Remember yep. seeing that? Remember reading lips? Everybody's like, oh, we need to get a professional lip reader. No, motherfucking, you don't. He said your plays suck. That's what the fuck he said. And you see how Kyle and Jimmy just danced all around it? Well, just you know, I I say a lot during the during the course of the games. You know, I just didn't know they catch that. And I then said plenty night, of worse things before. Yeah, last night in the post game presser, then they 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 swore up and down. They caught him saying your plays are great or your play is good or something like that. So it's like, bro, look. At the end of the day, man, I I don't think that he really truthfully holds Jimmy accountable. I feel like Jimmy has no he has leeway to do whatever the fuck he pleases. Um, and yeah, that's horrible that he missed Ayuk on that, but he missed. That's why I said he he left at least twenty one points yeah. on the fucking field. The thing is, if you actually pay attention, he never looks comfortable in the pocket. It's like a couple of times, I've seen it look like he was seeing ghosts at time in the pocket. I think because of that, he tends to stare down the guys he's comfortable, whether it's Kittle, Debo, Juice, and Ayuk. Kind of gets left out. Out of that, so I don't know how many times this year and last year, you know, and we're going to see further in the season that Ike's going to be wide open. Jimmy's not even going to look his way. That's just how I, I see it. I see him as, you know, he's not comfortable in the pocket, acts like he's seeing ghosts sometimes, and he sticks with the guys he's comfortable with, and he'll stare him down. And, and um, 
Luckily, those those guys that he are he is staring down are open, and can make plays. But um, I don't. Dion, I don't want to know what we? I just brought it up right before you came in. But one first thing first, I don't trust Jimmy to make that throw to Ayuk. That's either picked or out of bounds. And Jimmy, Jimmy, I rewatched the replay. Jimmy would have had to step into that throw because he doesn't have the arm to make that far throw. He doesn't. Mm-hmm. I don't trust him to make that. Uh, that's a great point, Perry. Secondly. I was saying it. The most frustrating thing about Jimmy is that that throw to Kittle Dion was a really good throw. It was. <laughs> that was a really good throw. Jimmy will run into one every now and then, of course. But it's that kind of thing where it's like Jimmy's just overall decision making is so odd. It, it blows my mind. And I mean, he has Debo and Kittle as security blankets, but to go and make like a, essentially a double covered throw on Kittle, but only to place it in a spot where he can catch it. It was just like the Debo touchdown catch where Payton on his broadcast, that up. Payton on his broadcast was like, Jimmy, Jimmy either threw a high on purpose or he got really lucky because the ball should have been picked. Yep. But he only put it in a spot where Debo can catch it. So it's like, <laughs> you know. I mean, you read that I was, I the comment? Yeah. Barry, I was laughing at the comment, bro. Me too. I saw that. I saw that. What's up? Aaron, oh, Aaron yeah, yeah, we've Danny been talking Gray. about That's that. That's the thing. There's no use for Danny Gray, but. Yeah, we we all know what it is with Jimmy. I mean, he missed he missed that seam route throw to use uh, check. He technically did miss the Ayuk touchdown, and there's lots of throws that Jimmy leaves on the field. Um, Dion, you said there was at least 21 points the offense could have scored. Yes. Um, I would say though, what's more frustrating still that only one person on Twitter who brought it up, of course, is Grant Cohn, is that the Niners' offense in the second half once again damn near like they only scored three points. And I don't remember if the Robbie Gold miss was in the second half as well. I could be wrong. It was. It was. was. So that's just more missed points. So it's you can kind of get away with it now because the Rams, I don't think, are that good. Like they're still a playoff team, but they're not elite yet. And the Rams. Nobody's elite though. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) But overall, it's just once again, it's another story where the offense just failed in the second half and. It, even if the defense is dominating, I don't care. It's still a lot of pressure on the defense. And yep. it, so, right before um, when Gold when Gold missed the field goal, it was seventeen to nine. It was like, oh my god! Like, is it is this going to be the one touchdown drive where the Rams are just going to piss us off? You know, mm-hmm. so it's that kind of thing where it's like Christian's very critical of Kyle Shanahan, and rightfully so. It's like, dude, like you need this killer instinct. John Middlecoff talks about it a lot. Get the ball in your players' best hands. Shanahan finally did that more in this game compared to the last game. But still, it just seems like like there's no killer instinct amongst anyone right now. Debo had that insane touchdown run. Don't get me wrong. But there's been yet a moment so far when we've seen like, okay, this is the icing on the cake for the game from the offense. This is that final drive, nail in the coffin. Let's shut that shit down. You know? And, and you know what's weird really quick? Go ahead. Jimmy's actually pretty good at the quarterback sneak. And he's there got he four on the one-yard line. So why not tell him to do it now? It's his only elite trait. Like, he's actually, he's actually okay. He's actually pretty good at that. So well, if you just tell your hogs on the line, oh. then, hey, hey, look, guys, we're going for the quarterback sneak. All I need you mm-hmm. to do, Brendel, just hike the ball cool. and give me a good push and – if anything, you know, jump over, do whatever the fuck you got to do. But was that that, Ayuk four missed? Down, that four down, he should have been able no to. Borders. The no, Ayuk miss, know, was that the same drive that the Niners didn't keep you sneak? That was the one Jeff Wilson got stood up on. Mm-hmm. 
when you check him I think so. I'm not 100% sure. See, like, I didn't, I was very surprised to see the QB sneak not called. And the Rams were pinching the line very hard. And still, I've seen, we've all seen Jimmy score on that before. Mm-hmm. So it's just well, another one of those things that Shanahan's play calling in the end zone. Even if, even if Jimmy missed IU, still just blows my mind. And like, I, the creativity just goes away entirely. What honestly blows my mind is, you know, even when you go back to like Jimmy's mouthing, your your play calls suck or whatever, it does it does sometimes at times feel like Kyle's just calling his own offense and he doesn't completely mold it to Jimmy because the way I look at it from watching this last game, we should just have a quick get the ball out as quick as possible, as much as possible in every game because – when Jimmy was getting the ball out fast and throwing slants and throwing quick throws, he was actually really freaking good, and we were moving the ball. Like we don't need as many deep, deeper fifteen-yard, twenty-yard throws from Jimmy. Quick, the quicker the throw, the quick release. The stuff Brady did when he was at his best. Not that I'm comparing. I'm just saying, like, if you have yes. that kind of offense where if Jimmy's just, it's just made for Jimmy to get it, especially when they're they're stacking the box. That's when Jimmy should be able to be at his best. Is get you get the ball out fast because they're stacking the box. But it seems like Kyle just wants to run it his way, and I'm just wondering if we just did what Jimmy was good at, which is getting the ball out quick, we could have an offense that could really put up points if it was more molded to the fact that that's the one thing Jimmy's good at is getting the ball out quick, and he makes act decently accurate throws, getting the ball out fast on the slants and whatnot. And we have playmakers that can make stuff happen with their, the ball in their hands. So is all this extra stuff Kyle wants to do and throwing it 15 yards over the middle, whatever, like do that sometimes. But if we were able to mold the defense to what Jimmy actually is not terrible at, the offense would look more fluid and look better. I could be wrong, but I just – I always feel like Kyle's like, this is my offense, this is how we're going to do it. And he doesn't want to like, okay, this is my quarterback, so I'm going to completely adjust it to that. Yeah, we, we all understand Kyle is an egomaniac, ego and, and we all believe that. But what I want, I'm going to roundtable something really quick, and I'm going to start with Beth, though, really quick. Is George Kittle overpaid? Because <laughs> I feel like we paying him a lot of fucking money, and we ain't using him nowhere near what he's getting paid for. Travis Kelsey is out there trying to catch football and catch touchdowns and move the, move the sticks. Yeah. George Kittle has been relegated to becoming a blocker for two years. This is well into his contract. I'm sorry. This is nothing against George Kittle. I think he is the best all-around tight end in the league, period. There is no other tight end that's better than him. But his time is being wasted by Kyle Shanahan, not scheming him into the game plan. George literally has been subjected to becoming a blocker. I personally feel that he is now overpaid. Yep. And he should go back to the negotiating table and say, sorry, George, if you want your money, talk to that guy. But Beto, I want to I go Beto, then I want to go Bashar, because I want to roundtable this. Beto, is George Kittle overpaid? Yeah, you took the words out right out of my mouth. Uh, Kittle, at this point, it's an overpaid blocker. Um, and it's like you said, it's not, no fault of his own. I mean, that's Kyle just not utilizing his skill set other than blocking. And I know we know he's a great, great, great blocker, but you got to scheme him in and your play calling and allow him to uh, make some 
uh, plays. Uh, they're just he's, in my opinion, Kyle is not confident in his O line right now, especially now losing Trent, really, and now that we lost McKivitz for two months, Kittle's a receiving just poof like a fart in the wind. It just it's gone. It's, he's going to be mainly uh, right behind Jalen Lamore and, and, and helping block. So. Uh, yeah, I'm with you, bro. Uh, I'm sorry. We, we need to renegotiate this contract and uh, use it somewhere else because we're overpaying for, a, unfortunately, a, a tight end that is not utilized the way he should be. Uh, you can't be paying that much money just to be a blocker. Yeah, Bashar? Yeah, I, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm really a big George Kittle guy. Um, obviously, talent-wise, in my opinion, he is up there with the top tight ends in the league. I mean, Kelsey does have the advantage in terms of playing with um, Patrick Mahomes. And it just sucks because our O-line is struggling um, to, to be healthy. It's, it's as inexperienced as possibly can be. But um, they found a way to get it done last night. I get it. But I, was, I went back and watched a lot of the highlights. And they did throw Kittle in there a whole lot to help out. And the, the situation is very unfortunate. But, but even then, though, I just think that we can, we can, you know, I guess we tried on that one end zone play to get him involved, but but more more so just within the parameters of the game, just try to find him, try to get in the ball. And, you know, it just sucks. He, right now he is overpaid. I mean, there is value to his blocking, though, at the same time. I mean, you know, on that Debo play where he took out, like, two guys or something like that, and on a few plays downfield he was taking out guys. It wasn't just his um, in-line blocking. His down-the-field blocking was really, really nice, too. And he and I'm a former offensive lineman. I played high, in high school, so – I share that same passion that Kittle has in terms of blocking, and I love seeing it. But at the same time, is this guy's amazing with the run after the catch ability at the tight end position. And, you know, if we had a gunslinger at quarterback, we'd see him in the end zone a whole lot more, and we're not seeing it. And we should see it, you know, especially with the money that we're paying him. There you go. Christian? I mean, I think he's not fully healthy from his injury. I kind of watch him each play, and so there's times he looks like he's – not fully healthy, so I think that could be part of it. I also think because the kind of player and the kind of guy Kittle is, he's he's not a selfish player, so he doesn't care if he, how many targets he gets. He doesn't. He just is out there having fun, and because of that, that he's that kind of guy. He's he's not your top playmaker that you're going to force the ball to. Where even if it's going bad for Kansas City, they're going to force the ball to Kelsey, regardless. We don't have to do that. We don't do that with Kittle, so that kind of hinders things. And then, I just you know, him coming back from injury, if we get 100% healthy Kittle, things might change too. Like, I, I know I'm almost positive Kyle's purposely not calling stuff for Kittle because he's not 100% healthy, and Kyle doesn't want to lose him for the whole season by doing that. So that's what I think. I think it's hard, hard to tell now because unless you're going to just go off that he can't stay healthy, that he might not be worth the money, but – I think hopefully if he stays and stays and gets healthy and things go on, we'll see it more because he is kind of like the security blanket for Jimmy, but even Jimmy's not throwing him the ball too much because he's hurt. So I, I think if he starts to get more healthy and he's practicing every day and looks better, I think we'll see more as time goes on, but you're going to not going to see it as much as you want anyway, because he, he doesn't go and ask for the ball and say, throw me the ball, throw me the ball. He's not selfish that way. So, even though he is a playmaker, he'll make the plays when he does get the ball, but he doesn't care. Like, I think he's just as happy knocking a guy on his ass as he is catching a ball and taking it for 30 yards. This is facts because we all remember the scene that they caught him 
from that aerial cam when he uh he he bull he basically uh bull rushed that fucking DB and took him all the way into the end zone. We were playing the Falcons a couple years ago, and they caught him just dying laughing as he did it. Like, and and that that's what we all appreciate about about George is is his willingness to block and his unselfishness. But uh, I'm not gonna skip over anyone. Brandon, how you feel about this? We will get Perry to Perry the last last word on this one, man. Perry. Um, you sitting here on mute, bro. Well, my mic's man. muted. <laughs> do, we, do we need Do we need Matt in here for the hive? Shit. You're right. All right. So, anyways, um, I agree too. I think uh, at this point, Kittle is overpaid um you know this tends to happen with players as well as soon as they get paid they don't perform what they got paid um so outside of mitch wisnowski yeah except well, for mitch such big money mitch perfect example <laughs> though, like i was saying when kittle was forced the ball with the backup quarterbacks he was doing yeah. better we're not forcing him the ball anymore yeah no that's i true. think that's the biggest difference that's true i think but I also want to say, you know, I think we should just give him time. It is his second game back. I think he will start getting the ball more uh, as the season goes. Um, and, I mean, shit, it's Jimmy's second week back, too, starting at quarterback and everything, too. So You, you know Jimmy loved throwing the ball to George. So um, we're just going to have to see throughout the season um, and go from there. Uh, but – I mean, damn, bro, that's a little harsh, man. He's saying the white. Damn, damn. Yeah, that, that shot's her. taking a clear. Hey, he's been with her since college, so that ain't fair. Yeah, I'm about to say, damn, bro, he just he just shitted on the real uh, jukebox. First time I seen you, man. Appreciate you stopping by. Definitely hit the like and subscribe button. Um, he said, "Y'all shutting down Matt Stafford won me won me uh, my fantasy week one." Uh, hey, look, we, we we are here to shut down quarterbacks, and the next two quarterbacks that we face are just in for a rude awakening. If we sacked Matthew Stafford seven times, I'm going to tell you right now, Marcus Mariota and Baker Mayfield are going to die. Uh, but, uh, Brandon, were you finished with your point? My bad. I didn't mean to uh, I yeah. And I felt bad. I'm like, damn, bro, I'm blaming his wife, man. Like, she, <laughs> I don't think that's an issue. Okay. So I'm going to be the bubble burster for all of you guys. There's one point that I've strongly disagreed with and one point that I've heavily agreed with. Okay. Start with the one I agree with. Shanahan needs to get Kittle involved more. Bottom mm-hmm. line. Mm-hmm. And it's not even just about him running routes. It's tell, it's designing ways to get him open, creative ways to get him open. Look at Andy Reid with Tyree Kill. I'm not trying to compare the two, but Andy Reid found every single way to get Tyree Kill open. Every single way. Not just from route running and catching the ball, but even being a running back running screenplays, whatever it may be. Andy Reid found ways to get Hill open, and now Kelsey is just single-handedly dominating with the ball in his hand, so that doesn't even matter. But you see his head coaches, and they just dominate at getting their best playmakers to do something. That's what Shanahan needs to do with Kittle. Kittle's running routes. He is out there running routes. I can promise you guys that. But for whatever reason, it's Jimmy's just not liking what he sees with Kittle. Uh, Defenses are bracketing him a lot, which they did a lot in 2019. And when just when he's healthy in general, or just the play call doesn't call for Kittle. And one of you guys talked about it earlier, but Chris Sims on this podcast a couple of years ago, 
said these very specific words. He said that Shanahan's offense is designed for to be as if he was the quarterback and this is what he would do. That is exactly how it's designed. He he's the mastermind. He he is the controller of the robot. He wants the entire offense to be one functioning robot. The only problem is that the head is Jimmy Garoppolo and that shit doesn't have a brain. So of course it's not going to fully operate to its best extent. Don't so, hate on Jimmy. No, Jimmy, I'm sorry. <laughs> he had a good game. Leave him alone. Um, no. So this leads into my second thing, which I have to disagree with all of you guys on. Kid only pass blocked three times last night. Three times. And he ran oh. 24 routes. That was it. It's not that many routes. Don't get me wrong. So he didn't play a fair amount of snaps. But he only pass blocked three times. And that was from PFL. Oh. Mayoko. So I wanted to refute that a little because he is going out there running routes. Jimmy is genuinely missing him or not hitting him. Or if he is, it's a very short check down. Because the thing I think we don't see when the play fully plays out, George Kittle does a lot of chips, checks, and releases. So he'll block for a second and then run around. And Jimmy's not going to have time to get that throw off because you're asking for something that takes longer than four seconds when Jimmy is supposed to release it in less than three. So Kittle's routes are being ran, but they're not being fully developed. Well, like That's you said, he is bracketed a lot. I think he and he is bracketed. He gets time. a lot of a lot of attention. Oh, he draws a to our other guys. And the problem with that is that by the time Kittle checks and releases, his route's in the middle of the field. So linebackers and safeties playing the buzz are going to crash on him. So that's why we see the seam open all the time because safeties are coming down for Kittle. But with that in mind, that's where I kind of have frustrations with Shanahan, where it's like, okay, you don't have him pass blocking that much. He's chipping a lot. That's good. But he's still running routes, and they're technically long-developing routes. So you're asking for Kittle to go 100% on his route just to get open for about 5 to 10 yards. I don't think that should be Kittle's usage. Before he was blocking, think why Kittle over the middle was a big staple. Because Kittle was able to get open and run routes properly and, and be able to let things develop. He needs By to the line up in the slot second, more. Kittle's already 15 yards downfield. But now you're asking him for, to get maybe 10 yards downfield after four seconds. There's just no time for that to develop. So Jimmy doesn't have time to hit Kittle. So that's where I'm in the middle, guys. It's He is pass blocking, not as much as we see. But at the same time, Shanahan isn't giving Kittle the chance to actually go and run a route. And then by the time he does go and run a route that's not a check and release, Garoppolo either misses him or he's not going to find him. So well, it's really frustrating to say the least. I do think he's a bit overpaid as it stands right now because he's being paid to be the best tight end, not the best decoy, which essentially well, I think is what it falls under. Kyle needs to line him up in the slot more the same way Kansas City lines up. If Kittle, was, if Kittle was in the slot and you had him lined up against a linebacker or a safety, he's going to be just like Kelsey. I, I, but we don't use him that way. That's the problem. Yeah. No, no I, I agree with you. So here's here's my uh, my next question to, to, to the panel here. Um, who is your favorite player from last night's game? Jeff Wilson, Jr. Uh, I'm just gonna say right now, Jeff Wilson Jr. Christian. Okay. Jr. So Jeff, you don't have to listen to me. Okay, Beto. El Jefe. Uh, Kevin Givens for me. Bashar. Um, I think his Instagram handle is Banks of America. Aaron Banks. He looked really nice yesterday. Okay. Lefty. Jackson. He's looking good. Drake. Okay. Oh, Drake Jackson. Jackson. Yeah, I'm big. Jackson. Jackson. He had one and a half. One and a half sacks or something last night. I he did one and a half. Did he? And he had that tip. Yes, it was no. Nice. He looked Jackson, beautiful. Jackson yesterday 
that sack that Ebucom basically snatched from him. If Ebucom misses and over over pursues, Jackson's right there to clean yep. it up. What and what I see from Drake Jackson, just really quick, is Drake Jackson is too fast. Like his speed getting to the quarterback is super intense. When he gets to a point where he is ready to be on the field and be a three-down defensive end, that combination of Drake Jackson and Nick is going to be a nightmare for offensive line. But, Brandon, really quick, who was your guy? Uh, I'm taking your guy, dude. God damn it. I knew you were going to do it. I knew he was. Funga, baby. Hey, let me tell you this, bro. You gotta throw them teams up, bro. <laughs> Talanoa Hufunga is the best safety in the fucking league right now. And there's not even a question. Literally, there's not a question about it. Talanoa Hufunga is so damn good that you can do anything with him. Like, and, and the way they're using him was exactly the way I envisioned him being used because this maximizes on his skill set. And it only makes it, hey, what's going on, David? Um, it only makes it even worse when you know the kid goes in the offseason and trades with Troy fucking Balamalu. Like, can it get any better? Looks, dude, when that hair's flowing and he's running, it looks just I, I almost swear it's it's Palomalu on the field. Yeah, the way he does like it's it's insane how close these two resemble each other. Go ahead, Bashar. I'm still mad because I, I, I argued about three or four 49er fans who would always tell me I was stupid for mentioning Troy Palomalu's name when we drafted Talanoa Hufanga, and he's never going to be anything like him. It doesn't matter if he trained him or mentored him, and it's like, well, are you watching him now? How's, how's Talanoa Hufanga look now? Look, man, Huff is, Huff, Huff is literally – Huff is uh, – Huff reminds me. You know what Huff is? Huff is telling who Fung is. Niggas in Paris. Baltimore <laughs> motherfuckers want to find me. First niggas got to find me. What's fifty grand to a motherfucker like me? Will you please remind me? Like that's literally Huff. He balls so hard, you motherfuckers can't do nothing about it. And it, it's it's progressing every single game. Did you, did, did you guys see Fast. how that meme is? Okay. After you talk about this meme, I'll, I'll mention something about the uh, phone. Go ahead. That meme is straight facts, oh, bro. Because, and because <laughs> the beauty of it is, this meme literally embodies the transformation of Talanoa Hufunga. And the reason being is because when you look at it, right now, Troy Palomalu is your basic Spider Man. He's Peter Parker. Why? Because he doesn't do that anymore. But he's passed the mantle on to Talanoa Hufunga, who has now become Spidey on the field. This, this, this is just perfect. I don't think there's anything better than this, man. Like, it, it's fucking fantastic. I love every second cool. of it, man. Like, that jersey, I will purchase a Hufunga That's jersey. what I was saying. Everybody I, wants a Hufunga yeah. jersey now. Like, this, the red throwback. And his, I'm telling you, man, like, his, the love that he has for his culture, his people. Mm-hmm. And the cool thing is, Troy Palomalu is not only teaching this young man football, he is teaching him life skills. Mm-hmm. And that's that's more invaluable than anything. So it's like, yeah. yo, man, you can go out on that field and ball and hit and do everything, but at the end of the day, you still got to be a man. You still yeah. have things you got to take care of at home. You have a family. 
you know, like all of these things come into play. And what is that? What does that tie back into the Polynesian culture and how they love their people and how how they get real tight and real close knit with them? Man, I grew up with a bunch of cats that was Samoan and Polynesian. And these dudes, when I tell you their families are close knit, I'm talking about super close knit, bro. Like you can't separate these cats. And you know who the fuck they are because they all 90% of them big as hell. You know what I'm saying? But one thing I will tell you is going to a Polynesian household is just like going into a Latin household, baby. Guaranteed you won't starve. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's so I was I gonna to say is um all the people who were who were like very skeptical, skeptical about Hufanga and being slow when he ran a four six, whatever forty. Yeah, he didn't I, know, they I, think, I think they clocked him at twenty one miles an hour yesterday 22. or something like that. Like he looked yeah. super fast on that INT, dude. And he jokingly said, I was worried Stafford was gonna catch me. Yeah, I don't know why he even said that. <laughs> I don't know why, bro. He even said he jumped it so fast that he almost thought he was gonna drop that ball because he, he read it so fast. It's just yeah. his instincts yeah. to read. The way it was, I was waiting for it to go it. over his head. Yeah. <laughs> Because so he jumped a second to too much, you. too fast. Yeah, but he uh, can't. I gotta ask, Beto, because you're the old head in here. Okay. <laughs> so I gotta ask. Um, Jaquaski Tart in his career with the Niners, four picks. Kufunga already has two as a starter. I mean, he's already catching up to Tart. So I gotta ask you in your history watching the Niners, who was the last closest playmaking safety to Hufunga that you can think of? Like, genuinely, someone who's just playmaking. I would say David Wilkerman. Uh, last, I'm trying to think of his last name. Help me, Bashar. Um, he was a safety for the Niners in 85, 84. Uh, I'm not going to put him anywhere near the Ronnie Lott uh, category. Uh, we can even go a little bit of uh, Mr. Chicken Dance. Martin Hanks. Uh, Martin uh, Hanks. Well, but the I, first I, guy I mean, you mentioned, do you mean Dwight Hicks? Was that who you were talking about? No, no. Uh, Wil- Wilkerson, I believe, is his last name. Wilkerson, David. I don't remember him. I gotta look, I gotta look it up, but uh, also also uh, what's his name? Uh, McDonald, uh, the the guy that came from uh, Tim McDonald. Uh, Tim McDonald, oh, yeah. a little yeah. bit uh, of it, yeah. So coming from the old school, watching these old safeties, bro, um, I like what uh, this. Also, there was a cat that didn't play for the Niners, but he was a safety. And let me see if Bashar remembers, and or any of you guys know know your players from other teams. He played for the Broncos. He was a great safety for the Smith? Broncos. No. Uh, anybody? See that water? Yeah, yeah, it was Dwight Hicks. Eighty-five was Dwight Hicks. Okay, Dwight Hicks. Then. Yeah, uh, yeah, but out water. Yeah, so he see that water. He could hit. He could hit. Yeah, there you go. Carlton Williamson. Carlton Williamson might be who you're thinking about. Yeah. Yes, that's who I'm thinking of. And I like this play. So, but it's I know it's an early window with Hufanga, and it's still only four games in. But what he, what he's shown so far and. Uh, the way he jumps those routes, and he's so smart. The way he 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 sees, envisions it happening. Uh, this kid is special, man. I I can't wait to see you at the end of the so, year uh, where he's at. Um, I, I wanted to speaking of wanna, uh, Hufunga real quick, um, Christian. I'll let you go ahead, and then um, I have something to play that Jerry Rice said about Hufunga. Oh yeah. Okay. Go ahead. I just wanted to say because we're still talking about Drake Jackson. If you notice, every time he runs that stunt. It's a sack. Like with the one sack, the one sack he got on his own where we run that stunt where he comes from the edge and through the middle. When he when that middle's open, he fucking it goes through it so fucking fast. And that one sack he fucking ate fucking Stafford alive, dude. How fast he came through that hole. Like every time he's ran that stunt, I think he's had a sack. Like 
His speed is so oh, fucking the... valuable on that, especially on that stunt. It's fucking I said insane. It already, you talking but... about that Bosa play? No, the one where freaking he Jackson got that sack where he comes around oh, and he came right straight through. I think it was in the third or fourth quarter. That yeah, he when he sack. came around, in around, yeah. Dude, he's with Bosa when he's at his top level playing with the weight. Once he gets his feet underneath him, uh, Jackson and next to Bosa, man, these guys are going to terrorize. Drake Jackson is so big. I cannot. His speed, though, pa- pausing. I'm going to pause. Drake Jackson is huge. <laughs> that's a, that's a every time i no every time i see him freaking come running through that stunt and i see him run i'm like holy fuck that guy's so fast somebody like, that big shouldn't be that fast like that's so honestly what fast. but what what you got right christian and i talked about a little on draft day it's those usc guys man they get underutilized like mm-hmm. crazy i mean yeah. at one point uh usc had uh drake london michael Pittman, and there's one more guy I'm missing. They, they have the talent. Clay Helton is just terrible. And, I mean, even Brian Baldinger said that Drake Jackson was a first-round pick, and he only yeah. fell the second because of USC. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and the crazy thing is the, it's weird how SC winds up under uh, – under or should I say you, underutilizing these players. And uh, look at this motherfucker. What's up, Tommy? What's up, Tommy? Crazy <laughs> bastard. Um, Tommy Huxley. And, uh, the, the crazy thing about it is the reason that SC does that is because they have so much talent behind these motherfuckers. Like, literally, you go to SC. Like, Matt Castle never played a down at USC, ever. He saw the field from the sidelines, and he got drafted because that's he crazy. went to SC. Like, that's literally how it is, man. Like, they, they are a, a NFL, you know, product factory when it comes to that, man, and it's the craziest shit ever. But this right here, Jerry Rice saying that he's a playmaker, uh, he's going to cause a lot of havoc. Like, th- these are obvious things that, that we see and we love. And to be honest with you, um, I have to agree. I forgot who said it. But uh, putting Jimmy Warden in the slot might not be such a bad idea because of uh, Gibson and uh, Hufunga's connection that they built you don't really want to mess with something if it ain't broke don't fix it um but uh i i will say this that me with devo oh mm. god that shit is hilarious like if you find if you find that one uh brady you gotta play that one All right, like i'll play this he one trolled, first and then we'll he trolled jalen ramsey and another thing man now, th- this is probably one of the very few times I have to say that I like Mike McGlinchey. What's going on, Mariah? But McGlinchey actually made me feel like he was a, a, a little bit of a... a good I, I like that, Dion McGlinchey, yeah. You see that? He ran right up to Taylor as he tapped him on the shoulder. He was like, hey, you see that? He just you see, That's because Ramsey's such a punk. Like, when they were fighting and stuff... Peyton Manning went on his cast. He's like, oh, it's Ramsey. It's always yeah. Ramsey. I, I saw that. That's what yeah, Peyton it, said. He's like, it's always Ramsey. All right. So this is this is another question I will pose to you. Um, with this win and the next two games that we have coming up, we can walk into Kansas City four and two. Now my question is, and this is a tough one. This is um, the unfortunate rematch of the Super Bowl that we don't want to be a rematch. 
and I'm gonna start with you, Brandon, and we'll go back around. Do you feel if we walk in there four and two with our heads held high, man, and we're playing good football, this defense is balling the way that it has been? Do you feel like we might be able to beat Kansas City? Yeah, I do. The only reason why I say that as well, too, is because the sorry-ass Colts beat the Kansas City Chiefs. So, I mean, the Colts are freaking not that great this year. So that should tell you something right there. They have a, like, I don't know. I just think, especially with how dominant our uh, defense is right now compared to 2019, I think we could easily get Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. Eric? Yeah, so this will be my last comment because unfortunately I have to head out, guys. Um, mm-hmm. oh, but, uh, yeah, I think so. Um, what's funny is watching the Chiefs game so far, I, they're scoring a lot of points, but, man, it feels like it's just Mahomes cooking and Kelsey, and that's it. I think the Niners are in a much better position now that they don't have Tyreek Hill. Like, genuinely. I think the Niners' defense is better prepared for Mahomes. I think they have defensive linemen that can actually get after him. And I think we're going to see either a lot of Hufunga and Warner quarterback spying or them blitzing off the edges just to try and get Mahomes to get out of the pocket or do something. Because we've seen it throughout Mahomes' entire career. The guy throws a ton of pick-worthy balls. The fact that he doesn't have twice as many picks blows my mind. It was like that in the Super Bowl, too. We we should have four picks. He's easily four picks. So, with that in mind, yeah, absolutely. I think the Niners are more than capable to take on Mahomes. It's just, I don't have to go, so I won't be able to hear it. But I feel like Christian's going to say it. It's the Garoppolo effect at the end of the day, man. It's how is Garoppolo going to play? Because Garoppolo is not going to keep up with Mahomes offensively. I'm sorry. Oh, no. God, no. We don't. We, we definitely don't expect no, that. We, we know that. We know they're, that. They're, so, it's just. Can they either force turnovers or t- can someone make a play? Otherwise, yeah, I feel much more confident trash. about this than the Super Bowl team, weirdly. Okay. Yep. okay. So uh, before we move on to Bethel, Bashar, and Christian, and you, Dion, uh, I'm going to go ahead and play the MyBookie ad real quick and thank yes. our sponsor real fast. So we'll hand over the mic to Zach real quick. Yo, Zach. What's going on, guys? Zach here from 49ers Hive, and I just wanted to take a second to thank today's sponsor, my bookie, you know football, and you pick winners every single weekend. So why not get paid for them at my bookie? You could bet single game spreads, money lines, or parlay multiple together to increase your payouts. The feeling on Sunday when a three, four, five, six game parlay hits is unmatched. There are low contest entry fees and over half a million dollars to be won. So make it so you don't have to be a pro gambler to have some fun. Getting started is super simple. All you got to do is go to mybookie.ag and use our promo code HIVE, as in 49ers HIVE, on your first deposit to secure a double deposit bonus. You deposit $50, they'll match you $50. You deposit $100, they'll match you $100, all the way up to 1000 bucks. Take advantage of our double deposit bonus. It's right here on the screen. Mybookie.ag, promo code HIVE, as in 49ers HIVE, Take advantage now, guys, and make this your winning season exclusively at my bookie. All I'm right. not a gambler, but after seeing that, I might sign up. I hear you. Let me okay, let me tell you something. Del Perry is gone. Bro, our group chat that we have, 
motherfuckers be winning money, man. Like you bet just a small amount and you wind up getting a nice little bit of cheese. If it was me and I was a gambling person, I'd probably bet the under on everything and throw a couple of bucks a few different ways because it just makes it e- it makes it better for you when they wind up, you know, winning that. But uh, bet though, really quick, your thoughts on the on the Kansas game? City game. You yeah. know what I'm looking for? I'm looking for someone that knows uh, Patrick Mahomes pretty well in the name of Shavarius Ward. Uh, he knows him. He's practiced against him. He knows his tendencies, where he's looking, where he's not looking. And I got a f- feeling that he's going to have a great day. Our secondary is way better, in my opinion, than 2019 secondary. And I believe with that, with our secondary shutting down uh, their receivers, plus they're missing a number 10 over there, uh, that helps as well. I think that this game is very winnable. Because we have the pressure in front, we have the greatest linebackers in the middle, and then now we have the secondary. They can play man. We don't have to play zone against them as much. We can play man uh, with Shaverius Ward and Huvanga, and by then we'll have um, Ward back, Jimmy Ward, and then uh, Gibson's playing the way he's playing. And Emmanuel Mosley, this game is very winnable because of our defense, in my opinion, even if Jimmy screws it up. And I agree with you there, no border sports. It, that that's exactly what we went back to talking about. If you think about it, if you throw Jimmy Ward in the slot and he's got Travis Kelsey, he wants all the smoke. He wants every bit of that. And but he can uh, handle it. Oh, and he can handle it, guaranteed. Uh, Bashar, what what are your thoughts on that? So uh, for the record, I didn't really watch the Chiefs other than some highlights so far, but um, Beto kind of stole my thunder a little bit. It's all good because I'm sure one of us was going to bring it up sooner or later about uh, Mooney Ward. Um, as far as Mooney Ward goes, I just love the addition. I think he's a beast. Um, he's really, you know, I mean, look at the secondary that we have. I mean, you mentioned, um, you know, I think you, you mentioned the 2019 defense, right, right, Beto? I mean, I think this defense could be better than the 2019 defense. It looks like we're forcing more turnovers potentially, and we didn't. These, this is probably the best secondary I've seen on the 49ers since the um, 1994 Super Bowl team. I, really, I strongly strongly, and firmly believe that. Um, I, I just love this defense. Um, now, offensively, we got to get, get our shit together. Jimmy's got to look at these fuck, this fucking film and see how many, how many points he left on the field, just like Dion said, how many wide receivers were wide open, Ayuk, Debo, Kittle, whoever, and not worry about constantly just throwing little dump-off passes and praying and hoping that Debo turns in, into 57-yard touchdowns because those are far and few to between. So we'll see. We'll see if we get our shit together. We should win. I, li- I like our chances, but, again, we got to move the ball and put some points on the board. There you go. Christian? I mean, I think it's getting a little ahead of ourselves saying we're going to win the next two games because technically these two teams are around the same level that the other teams we've lost to so far this year. <laughs> Christian and, this down the road. and then, and then Jimmy, and we haven't won on the road this year either. We Jimmy loves to play ball. down to the competition yeah. too. So should be four. Well, here's, here, here's my reasoning, Christian. This, this is, this is what I'm saying. I watched the Cardinals and Panthers game. Let me tell you right now, there is a young man, uh, on the Cardinals. His last name is Allen. I don't know his first name. That is a cold-ass defensive lineman. He obviously has been training with J.J. Watt. He knows what he's doing. I don't know who the kid is, but I, from just what I saw that day, he looks like a superstar. But the reason that I feel so confident is because the Panthers' O-line is shit. Okay. 
the Panthers' offense is garbage. The only person they have on offense is fucking CMC. And if you yeah, have you seen our run our run defense the past couple of games? Not worried. Yeah. Not yeah, that so, player is Zach Allen. Yeah. Yeah, so, hey, Zach hey, he is a cold defensive lineman, so, man. And he's definitely been hanging with JJ because he was swatting down passes. That's the other thing. If we get our hands up over Baker, easy money. What's going on, mm-hmm. Ken? So saying okay, saying we do our four and two and go to Kansas City. <laughs> um Defense, I don't think we'll have that much of an issue. Um, Mahomes plays looks really good when there's no pass rush. Hence, you know, Sunday night, mm-hmm. um, no pass rush, so you could sit back there and throw all day. Mm-hmm. Kansas City's defense is not good; their their secondary is fucking terrible. So we should be able to throw the ball. Um, they have a good run defense, but their secondary is trash. Like. Tom, you know Tom Brady's going to stand there, back there and pass, and he fucking torched him the, most of the game. So um, there's no reason we shouldn't be able to possibly move the ball, but it'll be interesting because we should be able to get a crap ton of pressure on Mahomes, and that's when he starts making mistakes, and we're not the Chargers where we're going to miss four or five interception opportunities and lose the game because the Chargers should have blew them out Be how many how many terrible throws he made because of how much pressure the D-line for the Chargers put on him. The more pressure you put, the better chance you have of him making mistakes. So we have the defense that's meant to beat him, but it just really depends on Jimmy, and that's why you really it's hard to really know because you'll get good Jimmy and bad Jimmy every other week. So it's really hard to know um, what's going to happen. This team's good enough to beat to beat them and beat them handily, really. But it depends on it always depends on how good Jimmy can play each each game. There's enough talent on offense and defense to to kick this team's ass. We're a better team than them, but they have a much better quarterback. So that's really the big difference. So I did say I was gonna do something. And I'm gonna do that right now at this point. See, Christian is being very modest and being very <laughs> calm. Okay. But what Christian meant to say was this motherfucker Jimmy Garoppolo is about as inept as it gets at the fucking quarterback position. So you know what? I'm not sure we can whoop Patrick Mahomes' ass because I have a quarterback who misses wide open receivers and leave points on the motherfucking field. So we got a little ahead of ourselves, so we need to pump the brakes, slow the fuck down, and come back to reality and realize who the fuck is quarterbacking this team. And with that being said, we'll get back to our regularly scheduled program. <laughs> <Another> <laughs> you didn't say dick That's riders. So I was segment. waiting for you to say dick riders. It's a perfect oh, segment. Oh, look, now see, Bashar, he, see, look, he done fucked around. And he, he, he done going to get it. He, he, look, <laughs> let me tell you something. Here's one thing that I see that drives me absolutely insane. Why every time we play, is it a Jimmy Garoppolo love fest? from the media and from commentators like he's like he's fucking Tom Brady all I hear every time is you know Jimmy did lead him to a Super Bowl Jimmy did lead him to the NFC Championship Jimmy 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 oh oh, oh, sorry I had Jimmy's dick in my mouth like these motherfuckers really kill me 
montages and, and long soliloquies about what Jimmy just did when he made a fucking five-yard throw that Debo just turned into a touchdown. Like, I don't understand. What did I say last oh. night in the chat, Dion, when that happened? Oh, bro. Like, yeah. I, I, I said get- there's there's that play where uh, freaking Debo bells out Jimmy and makes him look good. Oh, yeah. That was going to look great. 57 yard touchdown. Yeah, that was easily a six the other way. We've seen Juice, man. Juice, Juice, and here's the thing Juice actually is starting to get a little utilized. So that's fantastic because the Swiss Army knife that he is, he's underutilized as well. We're paying him all that money to be a fullback, and they just basically, I mean, look, I do not, let let me say this. Let me preface my comments by saying this I do not knock anyone's hustle. Get your money, okay? Get your money. Kirk Cousins, one of the worst quarterbacks in the fucking league to me. A lot of people love him. A lot of people say he's great. Let me tell you something. I said it before. I'll say it again, and I will hold true to this. Kirk Cousins will never win a Super Bowl, ever. He is not bringing Minnesota shit. The only thing he's doing is robbing them motherfuckers, padding the stats, and getting paid, baby. So, Kirk Cousins, keep hustling, baby. Keep fair, hustling. The Vikings just... I mentioned this before the, the stream even started. You weren't here, Dion. Um, mm-hmm. I just, like, I love the 49ers. Obviously, we all love, love the 49ers. So, the last thing people can say is we're haters. We're not being overly optimistic about things. But I'm sorry, dude. I mean, can we fucking pump the brakes on those all this Super Bowl talk that we keep oh, hearing from 49er goodness. fans? Oh, what well, we're, we're Jimmy's gonna win us the Super Bowl this year. This is the year that we're gonna win the Super Bowl. Like, slow down, dude. We're we're, we're five hundred right now. We're five hundred. The season we only went to week four. I mean, let's wait till like, we can week ten, week eleven, till we can finally get a real idea of who the Super Bowl teams are gonna be. I think that makes the most sense. I mean, are people just did they just start watching the NFL this year? It pisses me off when I hear our fan base to say the dumbest shit it's I've because, ever fucking heard over the my 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 career of an NFL fan. Watch the fucking league and see how it fucking works. You're not a fucking Super Bowl team if your team is fucking two and two. The talking heads are give, putting it in, in the fans' heads, and then the fans are repeating it. That's the problem. Oh, you mean dumbasses like Dante Whitner? Yeah. Uh, Jimmy's going to take him to 18 and 0. I'm sorry. Dante, Dante lost me. Dante fair, lost me. To be fair, even Eli, Eli Manning. I know you like to hit yeah. people, and I know you like to hit hard, but you must have got your head knocked a couple of times, one too many, because there's no way in hell you could be last year saying Jimmy Garoppolo was garbage and all those things, and you turn around this year, and now you're on his dick? I'm a little confused well, here. Dion, Eli Manning mentioned it, too, on the on their cast yesterday, that if Jimmy plays – I mean, he his was a lot, you know, watered down compared to some of the other media guys, but he said if Jimmy plays like he did last night, the Niners can win a Super Bowl. Well, that's because <laughs> – No. But to be fair, to be fair, Eli – Eli's makes more sense because it's watered down because he said if he plays the way he did against the Rams, which is true, if Jimmy could play that decent. I mean, protect the football. He protect the football, but, I mean, that's about it. He was an Alex Smith last year. I got something to share with you guys. Oh, yeah, go ahead. And this is something. Brandon always finding some shit. Yeah. This is something that we can all agree on. At At least two out of all these media members know what the fuck they're talking about and we're gonna go with our boy Bonte Hill. Bonte. 
there's so many people out there who want us to kiss Jimmy Garoppolo's ass and act like he had a great game last night. He played well enough to win a football game. There was only about three Jimmy O'Neill throws. There was a lot of screen plays. There's a lot of plays where he threw it behind the line of scrimmage or five yards past the line of scrimmage. It was nothing special, okay? So I'm not going to just give out flowers and candies and gold medals and Capri Suns because a guy went 16 to 27 and had a decent game. Why is that the norm now for 49er fans? We should want greatness from that position, whether it's Trey Lance, whether it's Nick Mullins, whether it's Jimmy Garoppolo. I'm not going to go. I'm not going to. All these haters, I post a little video last night. I'm happy about the win. Niners are 2-2. Two and two. All I wanted for them is to be 4-4 four and four by the bye week. But, hell, we can get greedy now. You go to Carolina, you go to Atlanta, all of a sudden you're 4-2. and two, You're feeling good with this defense. But all of a sudden these damn haters want to come down my timeline. It's like little gnats. They're like little mosquitoes. What do you guys say about Jimmy Garoppolo now? Jimmy Garoppolo didn't win that football game. Defense won that game. Did uh, I say that amen. last night? Amen. Did I not say that last I night? Have been, I have been calling into the show for like the past couple of days talking with these cats and starting to get to know them, and I like that. That right there tells you the truth of it. Because let me explain something to you people. You know Jimmy Garoppolo had, what, 200-some-odd yards and one TD? That is not the greatest showing by a quarterback. But because us as fans know and understand who he is, we have come to, um, come to just have to deal with the fact that that type of game is actually great for Jimmy. It's it's good for us because he didn't fuck it up. And that's the biggest issue. We have to sit here and endure him being here and know that we have to deal with the mediocrity that comes along with him. But Anybody in the league right now that tells me that a quarterback that barely had 250 fucking yards and only had one touchdown is elite and taking somebody to the Super Bowl you must be out of your fucking mind. Did I not say all that though that he just said in the chat last night after the win? Yeah. But but what I keep hearing on Twitter is I had a whole bunch of people tag me on this and say this to me. Oh, so you're not telling me that um that Jimmy isn't better than, than Trent Dilfer? And like they make all these Trent Dilfer Trent Dilfer references. is way better. Dude, but but Trent Dilfer at least he protected the football and he had a little bit of a deep ball. But I was gonna say Trent had at least a little bit of a deep ball. The league the league has evolved though. I mean that's like two thousand that was the two thousand season in the year two thousand when Dilfer won with that bomb ass um, Baltimore Ravens defense. Now our defense is pretty badass. It's not determined how great it can be or how great it will be. Some people were equating it to the eighty five Bears. I mean let's be real here. Let's slow down, people. Yeah. But I hey, think we were basically we that, to, to be fair, we played a lot of bad far. teams. Yeah. Like the defense is really good, but we have not played any really good teams yet. That's okay. Oh. We'll see it against the Chiefs. We'll go ahead and bet I think, I think this defense is for real. I'm just saying we, you yeah. can only play those in front of your schedule, but I understand your point. I think we'll be truly tested against uh, Kansas City uh, yeah. to determine how good our defense is. Uh but somebody said about not overlooking, I think it was Christian who said not to overlook the team that we're playing prior to Kansas City. Um, Carolina doesn't really – I mean, anything can happen any given Sunday, but uh, the team that I'm kind of iffy about is Atlanta. Atlanta is not a good team. They're not a good team, but they're sneaky, stupid. They are sneaky. They can, they can pull out a win uh, if we if we don't bring our A game. They so, play hard. Yeah, they play hard. Now, they don't have Patterson. He's hurt, and they got their, their, their share of uh, uh, injured players too. But if we can get past – 
both of those teams and, and, and come out with four and two, I, I definitely think we can definitely beat those uh, Kansas City Chiefs. I, people are giving them too much credit. Somebody said they lost to the Colts. Because they're and not the Colts that good. Are not that good. So they should have lost. They should have lost to uh, the Bucks if the Bucks fucking. Truth, yeah, they should. Bucks should have won that game, in, in my opinion. They just they just up started slow. Yeah, the I Chargers. Agree. Um, the Chargers outplayed them the whole game and, and still yes, lost. Did, so did, they're not uh, that good. Did anybody catch uh, the post game press conference with Jimmy, um, saying that they basically were sitting on that lead uh, in last night's game? Basically, they didn't really I want didn't to see do that, much. but it's not a surprise. That's how yeah. Kyle he's is. Pretty much saying Kyle that. has always been that type of person where he uh, he winds up in a situation where yeah. he plays. Kyle plays not to lose instead of to win, and this has been a knock on him for a very long time. And people seem to bypass that. Um, it, it doesn't make sense, and you have to do that. You have to play to win and not to not to not lose. And that's the reason that a lot of people have an issue with Kyle, uh, because they, they feel like that's how he coaches. And typically, you know, hey, man, you want to get him, um, you know, saying you basically want to go ahead and get him, you know, in there and tell him, hey, I need you to start coaching to win these games and stop coaching to be comfortable and relax because that's not the case. But then again, you can't really say it, it's hard to say that. Jimmy's prone to bad decisions. Or Kyle's worried that Jimmy's going to fuck up the game when they have the lead. Exactly. And that, that's what I was about to say. It's hard to say that when we see all these plays where, like I said, there's about at least 21 points left on the field. Guaranteed. I was waiting. I was waiting for you to do a Herm Edwards reference. Yeah. You're not going to score every drive. It's, the best just not, it's not feasible. But at the end of the day, when you have these opportunities, make them happen. When Brandon Ayuk breaks uh, Jalen Ramsey's ankles, see the play. And 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 the one thing that I'm gonna I'm gonna get on Troy Aikman for is he keeps giving Jimmy a fucking pass, and I don't like the shit. Last night, Troy Aikman came out his mouth and said some of the dumbest shit I've ever heard. Well, you know, as a quarterback, you don't see everything on the field. Your only job is to see everything on the fucking field, you idiot. What are you thinking? You can't just give him a pass like yeah, that. I know. You can't turn around and be like, oh, well, you know, I don't want to, I don't, I, you know, I don't want to make anybody mad, but you know, you can't see everything. No, your job is to see everything. And at the end of the day, your job is definitely to find the person that's wide the fuck open, butt naked. And then, then at the same time, the opportunity to cook Jalen Ramsey is when you never pass that's, up. That's, I think that's what the reaction for up. B.A. was so bad. He really wanted to rub that in Ramsey's face. Oh, my God. And, hey, look, man, he wanted he wanted a Mike McGlinchey moment. He wanted a Mike McGlinchey moment. McGlinchey ran his big ass all the way down the field. Typically, when they score a touchdown, he ain't going that damn far. He's going to take his ass to sidelines and go chill out. But he ran all the way down the field purposely to slap Jalen Ramsey on the back and go, you made that happen, dumbass. Yep. You need that. And and the other thing from last night when they were interviewing uh Debo, I think it was Whitner or somebody else. There was a couple people when they were asking him about, you know, looking into DB's eyes. Debo was like, I don't look into their eyes no more. Because I, I know the first thing they think is, oh shit, here come Debo. Mm-hmm. And it's the truth of it, man. Like it's a business decision to tackle somebody of that player. 
Like it, it definitely is. Yeah. Hey, can I mention real quick, uh, just for a fun note, that the best tackle the Rams made yesterday was by Bobby Wagner on that across the field. Yeah, that was their best Dude. tackle of the game. Hey man, that was his only tackle of the game. Yeah. <laughs> how, do, so what, how do they actually get to the fucking field? When I mean, the, do they tie they do this shit? I never know. I don't know so, how they pull it off. I want pink, to mention pink, pink flying all over the place. You get out of here, fool. Yeah. Pink flare. It does. You know, yeah, pink flare. Bobby yeah. Wagner. I, the, the one, I, I, yeah, I give Bobby Wagner a little respect for that because he was like, y'all about to run around chase this motherfucker. Let me just lay his bitch ass out and call it a thing. Ain't nobody going to tell this. We got a game. Let me help this fat security guard uh, catch up with him. Right? He's running forward. Well, one security guy fell on his own. He tripped on his own. He's like, yeah. So, you know, you know what's got to be the most frustrating thing, I'm sure, for Kyle is it, it does seem like he himself schemes up their 30 points at least oh, a minimum yeah, at a, at a for this offense per game. At a minimum. Because there's so many parts of the scheme where there's players wide open that we'd score 30, easily score 30 points in it at the minimum. And it, it's got to be frustrating for Kyle. Like, we give a, I do give Kyle a lot of shit, but I feel like he does with his scheme, scheme 30 points on that. To be put on that board, and it doesn't happen because Jimmy misses wide open guys all the time. Yeah, all right, sure. Um, we're gonna we're gonna be wrapping it up right now. Um, but any last thoughts before we end it right here? Uh, for me, just the defense continue to play as great as they have been playing these next two games. As far as the offenses that we're facing, this should be a simple task for them. Um, hopefully we can go out and get get ourselves done. <laughs> the more you're going to find out. See, as you can see. <laughs> so I can love it. Around. I love that meme. <laughs> you know, you do a on it. Oh, man. Yeah, for sure. I'm it. That's They have freaking... Devo's face on the guy holding the little kid yeah. in his fucking, it's the, fucking the original face. thing is funny in itself but then they put Debo's face on it um, but again I'm unsung hero heroes for the game um, my game ball if I was a coach I'd give the game ball to the entire offensive line uh, there you go <laughs> <laughs> no, I love the Sean McVay one with Kyle too but I just want to say I'm oh, really happy yeah. for what the old line did because everybody doubted them Going to that game, no Trent Williams. Um, obviously, Colton McKivitz. Now, Colton McKivitz is freaking hurt. But Jalen Moore goes in there, and we all cringe before he steps on the field. And then he didn't do too bad. So, I don't know. Is it sustainable? That's the thing. I'm, I'm pretty worried right now. I'll be honest with you guys about the line so, in, in the upcoming weeks. I know I shouldn't say it, but maybe this could be the game where Jimmy goes two games in a row without any turnovers. All right. All right. I like that. Beto, anything else? Oh, man, I just I had fun being on the show here tonight. Thank you for inviting me on, man. I, I love watching you guys do your thing. Uh, everyone watching, make sure you hit that like button, man. Support uh, these channels. They're, they're working their ass off. I, I'm excited about this game. I want to see. I uh, remember uh, Nick Bosa does not like uh, that quarterback over there with the Panthers. You don't like Baker Mayfield. From, from, yeah, from, from college. There's, their school's always, you know, the flag and the whole thing. So I'm expecting to see Bosa have a big a game against the Panthers, man. I think this game is uh, – this might be a game where they might bring in Pearly in for some garbage time. 
hopefully. Yeah. Hey, I'm going to tell you right now, for me, that's what he's going to be doing. Exactly what Bashar just did. Baker. Baker. Come here, bitch. Baker. And he's yeah. just going to sack the shit out of him. And it's just, I mean, it's it's unfair. Can you imagine Bolsa on his way to Baker just slaps Sam Donald just for standing there? Right. Slap him on, slap him on the way to Baker. Exactly. Oh my gosh, look at Joey saying that. Look at Joey's comment. Joey's right. Joey always finds a way. He always finds a way to come with some crazy shit. This is why we love Joey, man. Joey's always got the fucking jokes, bro. Living up to his name. Well, that that would be a first for you, right, Christian? Yeah. (laughs) Basically. Bro, you should hey, you should have saw him last last freaking show. Oh, he's he's very quiet. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So this is the most he's talked since the last show. So it's I'm good. Though. It. I wish good I job, saw you good. guys live. Not that I'm happy that Trey got, got hurt. Obviously, I'm mad, but I wish I saw you guys live on playback just to see your live reaction when Trey got hurt. Oh, oh yeah. That me was, and Dion both bad. had our moments in that game. Yeah. Then, uh, we were pissed. Well, hey, we, the Seahawks, yeah, we were pissed. <laughs> we appreciate everybody for tuning in. This has been another crossover episode with the Forever Faithful Podcast. Not a gang podcast, 49er minded, Beto aka Niner Sickness podcast. Like and subscribe to all of these channels because if you don't, you're missing out on fantastic content. Beto is amazing, Bashar, amazing, Lefty, amazing, B Dubs, amazing, and I'm just a regular motherfucker that's just in the middle of Hey, I didn't pay him either to say that. So no, that. no, I don't. I don't get paid to big up people because even if I do, I'm still gonna tell you the truth about a motherfucker. I ain't gonna lie to you. I give you the real. But hey, we appreciate all of you guys for tuning in. B Dubs, you got anything else? Yeah, and uh, before we head out, just to let you know. Make sure you catch us this week. Me and Beto uh, are doing Last Man Standing, where we do our weekly picks for each game. And we are joined by Kelch Chronicles, Chris Polo, and Peter from Niner Fanatic Podcast. So make sure you catch us this week for our week five picks. Sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Cool. Let's until, go. Until next time, guys. Go Niners. Go Niners. Niners.